Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the XX Mormon Podcast. I am Elder Jackson, and uh, on the stand with me today is Bishop Jensen. He's presiding, I'm conducting, but he has uh, a few things he wants to talk to the ward about. So with that, I'm going to turn the time over to Bishop Jensen. Uh, thanks, Elder Jackson. Um, as always, I invite the Holy Spirit to be with us as we teach and testify to one another of the holy and sacred doctrines of moving on from the LDS Church. So there is this album that came out like when I was in high school or just finished high school. It's called Keziah's by a band called Protest the Hero. And they've got this one song in a music video. The song's called Heretics and Killers. And in the music video, the first thing you see is like a newspaper article clipping and it says wicked witch dead flying monkeys looking for work or something like that. And then all the band members are dressed up as these flying monkeys and they go around town and they're trying to find something to do. And they're trying to find an odd job now that the wicked witch is dead. And so you see them doing things like one of them's like busking on the street corner and people are like looking at him weird. And another one's working in a restaurant and he's trying to take people's orders, but it's just like, he's just scribbling on a page and, they're trying to do new things, but nothing's working out for everybody, anybody. And that really made me think that when you leave the church, it's like you're a flying monkey. And now the wicked witch is dead and you're trying to find yourself all over again. And you kind of stumble through, through life and odd jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, that kind of, actually, it's funny. I was thinking about this. Um, I think Kwaku in one of those videos made for fair last year referred to uh he, he he was like john delin and his uh subreddit of flying monkeys right and so it, <laughs> like it it fits it fits but yeah it's like looking looking for a new job looking for like a new place to yeah. belong afterwards because yeah. i i was having a conversation with somebody and it's like my whole community was tied up in this and yeah. i'm like so uh how do i make friends how do I how yeah. do I serve the community? How do I get involved in the community? That's all missing. I think one thing that fundamentalist religions deal in is certainty, right? Mm-hmm. And they give you certainty about like if you tick these boxes on this list, then you're good enough. Because everybody kind of most people struggle with sense of meaning or self worth or am I good enough, right? And then fundamentalist religions come along and say, well, we've got the formula for a perfect life. Mm-hmm. And so if you do these things, if you follow our program, then you'll know that you're good enough. Mm-hmm. And they give people a feeling of certainty. And so when you leave that behind, how do you know that you're good enough? How do you know that you're a success? How do you know that you're... Because I know like when I'd have things go wrong in my life, in school or work or whatever, I'd say, well, do you know what? At least I'm a good Latter-day Saint. Mm-hmm. And that's what really matters yeah. is that I'm paying my tithing and fulfilling my calling. And that's what God really is going to care about at Judgment Day. Yeah, yeah, you had something to fall back on. Some prescribed idea of of success for yourself. And uh, and now you kind of have to rebuild the whole thing. You have to find a new job. Am yeah. I frozen? Did so I, I freeze like, on your screen? What's that? Did I freeze on your screen? Because I think you froze on yeah. mine. You're back now, though. It's I might good. need to take, like, we're... I might need to take off video. Don't don't take off video. That's, okay. that's so much more awkward. It's so much harder okay. to speak to people. All right. 
<laughs> okay, it's just because like we like I've got two kids streaming, and then we got oh. missionaries in the basement, like streaming church, and every like everybody's streaming. So I might right, right. But we can just write it as long as it goes. Yeah. Any, so your Wi-Fi anyway. is being used for holy purposes. How do you feel about that? <laughs> as long as the rent check keeps coming in, I use it for whatever they want. <laughs> but I think, like, how do you, how do you rebuild your sense of self and and knowledge that you're good enough? Now that you've left the church, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think is how do you rebuild your life as a flying monkey in a in a strange new world? Yeah. Uh, what did you do? Did you do anything? Well, for a long time, I just said I don't care. Right. But now I'm coming to a point where I, I'm like, no, I need to like start rebuilding my life. But for a long time, it was, it was like the the second uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie when he mm-hmm. loses his Spider-Man powers. Yeah. And he's like, he's watching a robbery or something like that. Somebody chase a thief and then he just starts eating a hot dog. Yeah. And yeah. Then goes about his business. That was me like for a long time when it came to any kind of you know, what's the meaning of life? What's your five-year plan? What's your goal? What's your, I'm like, I'm eating a hot dog and watching the world go around. Like, (laughs) but now it's kind of, okay. Like I got to rebuild. I got to start finding a sense of self and purpose and meaning. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think I kind of was rebuilding it while I was still in because I knew that I was going to be out. Right. Yeah. And, and because I, I saw that coming, I guess I had some like preparation time, Right. Yeah. Like I had, I had a fair warning that, you know, everything was going to fall apart so I could pack my bags properly and, you know, pick and choose a little more what I wanted to take with me on my way out. And I think because of that, that, I mean, that really helped. And mm-hmm. I got to look at everything with, through a new lens and say, you know, what aspects of this do I like? What don't I like? And then leave with it. But then also at the same time, start, you know, I guess reading philosophy books and like thinking, you know, where do I fit in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a book. It's, uh, it's called Finding Purpose in a, in a Godless World. I haven't read yeah. it yet, but I'm sure it's right. interesting. Um, yeah. But it's about this guy. I, I kind of read the first little bit of it and he talks about his wife dying. And then being like, oh, well, you know, is that it, right? Is there no meaning beyond this? And uh, so it should be an interesting read. Maybe if I read it before we sh- shutter the show, mm-hmm. uh, then I'll, I'll give a, a book report. Like one thing, one thing that used to just nauseate me, but now I found pretty helpful actually is uh, like Stephen Covey, Seven Habits kind of ideas. Mm-hmm. What frustrated me about it was... Like I read Seven Habits for Teens. My mom got me that book, the one at, adapted for kids when I was like 13. And I read that one. And I was always like, man, this is like a lot of things I hear at church, but just kind of, you know, you take the religious words out. And that was even, I think, a criticism that Stephen Co- Seven Habits is like Mormonism without the religious, you know, you take all the religious terms out. Right. And then a lot of the missionary, like Preach My Gospel is built on Franklin Covey stuff and the new youth programs built on Franklin Covey stuff. But really I think if there was anything good in Mormonism, Stephen Covey distilled it into seven habits. Yeah. And so if you want to take the good from Mormonism and and keep going, then read the seven habits book and 
and try and do that. But that's something that I found, you know, okay, you know, think of your purpose, think of your roles and goals, plan your week, align your, your most important tasks with who you want to be and what you're trying to achieve. And, you know, as I've started doing that over the last two or three weeks, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling more confident going into the work week. I'm feeling just better about myself generally. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a big part of Mormonism was what is your divine purpose? Who are you? What are you trying to achieve at the end of your life? Right. Yeah. And so that's something that you can use to anchor your life. It's just bad when, you know, a 96 year old senile man in Utah uses that to control you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Right. I mean, what's your new job? Did you, did I don't you, have a new job. You don't have a new job yet. <laughs> no, I don't have a new job, but I've just been using, you know, that in, in my current job. And I just like, I feel better about life. I think about what are my big rocks? What are the big things I have to tackle this week? Right. What am I really trying to achieve in a year? Right, right, right. 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 Do my big rocks align with my, my goal or am I getting lost in the shuffle of, of paperwork and busyness? Right. You know, hmm. in that, like, I'm just finding purpose, meaning direction out of, out of that. Right. 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 Yeah. I think, yeah. So do you think, do you think there's like an overarching theme for your life, an overarching purpose and meaning to it all? Or is it just kind of about the day-to-day stuff? The, the overarching purpose of my life is I make the purpose. Right. I run my life. Hmm. Right. So I determine what success in my life looks like. Right, right. Must be nice to be a heathen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think, well, I think there's a layer of Mormons, right. And these are the Mormons who end up in leadership is there, they don't take it too seriously and they have a, a strong internal locus of control. They, they don't see the rules of church as necessarily a big checklist of things they have to do, right. the things they pick and choose to do, but overall they've got their own goal and dreams and they just work tenaciously at those things and they, you know, show leadership. And then the church is like, well, we'll put you in, in charge of people. Right. 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 Yeah, the good like Mormons are yeah. the buffet Mormons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> surprisingly, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the only Mormons who stay in Mormonism are buffet Mormons. Oh, yeah. Because I think, like, if you find a real gregarious and, and kind of um, strong leader kind of bishop or stake president, they're not going to be checklist Mormons. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to be the person reminding them about rules, regulations, and standards. They're going to forget about all of them because yeah. they've got their own purpose in life that they've already mapped out and determined for themselves. Right, right. They're not a slave to the checklist of Mormonism. And I think that that's how they end up being happy in Mormonism. But if you become a slave to the checklist, you'll never be happy in the church. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Where do you want to go with this? Well, I did, so we talked about rebuilding our lives as a flying monkey. I, I listened to this song, actually, and there's this song is about a faith crisis, right? And I was listening to it in my car, and I felt the spirit of the Lord rest upon oh, me yeah. and, and testify to me of the truthfulness of its words. Amazing. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that I just got a, a tingle and goosebumps while I was listening to this song, <laughs> right? But there's like there's some things in the lyrics here that I... You know, this album came out in 2005, 2006, before the faith crisis was really popular. Right, right. But kind of remarkable how in touch it is with the the whole faith crisis thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it just shows that, you know, people have been dealing with this forever. Isn't it about a faith crisis? Like, that's like the whole... Yeah, like the album, I don't know how deep we want to get into it. Get, like, get this deep. isn't meant to be an album review, but... Go into it. <laughs> the the album is a concept album. So concept albums usually have a central story. So the story of this one is of a, a woman who's being executed. And so there's three main characters and all three characters get three songs. So the first character is the prison priest who like reads her, her last rites. And the second character is the uh, prison warden who's also the executioner. And then the last one is the girl Keziah who's getting executed. And so all three songs just kind of say, yeah, like, here's how I know this person. Here's how I feel about it. And here's how I feel watching her get executed. Hmm. So this is one of the priest songs and it's him talking about, I've met this girl and there she's getting executed, but there's something wrong about it. And I'm a part of this machine that's executing this person who I think is innocent. And now I'm having a crisis of identity and a crisis of faith over it. So there's like there's one thing like that I found particularly a few lines that I found particularly relevant. One is I built a temple in my life and used God to seal the pillars. After 20 years of fighting young heretics and killers, I watched my temple fall to pieces. And that like that was me going on my mission. I all of a sudden I built this temple, this sacred cow in my life of rules and things that I had to follow. Yeah. And. I use God as the backup for it, right? I have to go on a mission because God told me to. I have to break up with my girlfriend because God told me to. I have to do all these things because God told me to. And then, um, you know, when he says after 20 years of fighting young heretics and killers, I take like, I didn't spend 20 years, but I spent a few years kind of being a crusader for the church Mm -hmm. and a missionary and everything. And then I watch my temple fall to pieces, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah, that it's interesting when like you when you get to that point. Um Yeah, it's like this whole thing that you built up. You know, like it's a whole identity and then and then it crumbles. Hmm. And then like the next thing he says is I fell to my knees just like Jesus in the cave. And I knew I would die, but my lips could only say, I'm not your son, so why have you forsaken me? Hmm. And like the way the music works with those lyrics is it gets really, really quiet when he says, my lips could only say, I'm not your son. And it, it goes like, because this is a heavy metal song, right? Mm-hmm. But it goes to like all the instruments cut out and it's just an acoustic guitar playing in the background. And then as soon as he says, why have you forsaken me? The drums kick in and the guitars come in and it's got a double kick pedal and it's just like super intense. And is you know, he sings at the highest range and just really kind of belts it. So it's this very, very emotive kind of screaming, wailing, why have you forsaken me? Because hmm. I like I felt forsaken. Right. I felt did like I did you have any kind of feelings of? Oh, like, yeah. Why me? <laughs> well, I try. I tried everything, you know, right? Like, I, I kept all the rules, did all the stuff, and I was like, you know, why why don't I get that witness, right? Why don't I get to be so certain about it as everybody else, right? And so, like, like, like your sucks. dark night of the soul was not getting an answer about the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Yeah, especially because then, you know, 
then I'm like, am I not sincere enough? You know, like maybe something's wrong with me. And did you ever work yourself up into some kind of experience or did it like it oh, just never came? Um, yeah, not with the Book of Mormon. It never it never came. I was always yeah. <laughs> bored by it, but I would work myself up into other experiences. And uh, I remember the one thought was like, oh, I'm not getting the answer because I already know it because I've already been taught it. Right. Yeah, that was one thing I was like, oh, maybe that's what it is. Um, that's why I'm not getting my answer. I was it like, I just worked myself up into a frenzy after. And then that was one other thing I told myself, but the frenzy was really just like, I, I had read, I was reading the book of Mormon through for the first time and I had not received any kind of spiritual experience. And I just was like working myself up mentally to get something. And I'm coming to the book of Moroni I'm in the last book, in the last chapter of the last book, and I felt nothing. <laughs> I am feeling something now. <laughs> you got it. And then I kind of worked myself up to in, into an experience. Yeah. Is that an interesting? kind of experience. Yeah. But you... honestly, like reading these lyrics about this faith crisis that I identify with makes me feel the spirit or what I used to call the spirit. And it's right. 100% contrary to the message of the eternal gospel, right? Yeah. So how can I be feeling the spirit with this? It's because it's just a nice feeling. And how, like, how is that different from the, and that's how my testimony started falling apart as well Was it was, I was feeling nice feelings when I was thinking the book of Mormon was not true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was indistinguishable from prior past spiritual experience. Right. Yeah. Um, you can't distinguish. Did you try shaking its hand? Did you, did you try that? The spirit? Maybe, well, yeah. it, I only felt it. I never saw it. Oh, oh yeah. That makes it this harder. This could have been different. Yeah. That makes it harder to <laughs> tell then. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> there's some other, like, there's some other words in this, this song. It, there's a hole in my heart, but it just makes me unholy. Huh. I think like we've talked about this off mic, but just the word play in that. That's and good. then, yeah, like when you do have a faith crisis, you, I felt like I had a hole in my heart and the hole in my heart was making me unholy. It was making me unfit for being a Mormon or being a good Mormon. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you, speaking of holes, um, there was, uh, there's this thing floating around. It was um, some BYU post and it was talking about, Oh, um, filling your other hole. Yeah, filling, filling your other in your hole. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After you get divorced and you can't have sex anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Filling filling the holes in your life that sex used to fill or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like how naive and how like. <laughs> they knew. Um, they had to have known. Somebody knew. Yeah, yeah, somebody was making a joke about that for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Nobody. But they just ran it anyway. They were probably like, don't be so perverted. How could you? And it's, uh. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so funny. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. What a what a world. Uh I say that because I have I have nothing to say. I I'm just uh keep keeping talking just so that we don't have dead air when I oh, okay. uh, inevitably don't edit this podcast. So you can jump in if you have something to say. It's uh Yeah, yeah. So game. the next line, next line in the song. Next line in this hymn, he says he crucified that night and walked away with alter egos. Like, it's just getting too real. The more and more I listen to these words, I'm like, this is too 
much like this guy's been walking in my shoes, right? Like that when my testimony fell apart, I say, yeah, I tried to crucify that experience. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be gone. And then I walked away with an alter ego. I was in two minds. I was two different people. Yeah. Right. It yeah. was, I'm trying to square away this experience I've had where I've realized the book of Mormons made up with this person and identity I've built up to be a righteous priesthood holder. Yeah. And now I, and that's cognitive dissonance, right? You have two contrary ideas in your head at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on that from your own experience or life? Yeah, I'm just yawning. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why, what is wrong with me, but um, yeah, yeah, no, it's like you have to pretend. I, I mean, in leaving, uh, my brother felt particularly betrayed and he's like, well, you lied to me. I'm like, yeah. And to everybody else and to me. And also I feel like I've been lied to my whole life. It's like, you know, when then you have to deal with this whole alter ego issue and try and figure out like, you know, where, where am I sitting? That's where, that's where the shelf idea comes from, right? You put something on your shelf because I can't deal with it right now. Like that's too much. That's too hard. I'm in this situation if you're married and you can't bring it up, right? Or if you're like I was at BYU-Idaho and can't bring it up, right? If you live at home still and you can't bring it up. If your whole social community and identity is tied up in this thing, you can't bring it up, right? You, you're you lying and it sucks, but you walk away with those alter egos and just try and, you know, pretend as much as you can. Like, what was the worst thing you did, the toughest thing you did to try and continue to fit in after? Uh, get Like, go, go to the temple. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, like, yeah, like going and I was really trying like, and I was still a little bit in the mind of hopefully it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was still very much hoping it was true, but I didn't believe it. Right. But I was like, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, but then yeah, to, to go to the bishop and to the stake president and be like, yeah, I believe like I have, you know, I, I guess I had the probably purest definition of faith, right? Yeah. I didn't believe it at all, but I was really hoping. Hoping, right? yeah. And and, uh, I, and that was like, that was the suckiest. <laughs> it's like, I go through this whole thing, funny handshakes, funny, funny clothing, right? And it's this whole charade. And then afterwards, everybody's like, wasn't that amazing? I'm like, yeah, I loved it, you know, and you just kind of have to keep playing along with it. Because if I go through, nothing in there was surprising to me. But um, growing up in the church, you hear, you know, things here and there, and you can piece it together and figure it out, uh, you know, generally. And um, yeah, so I wasn't really surprised at all. But then yeah, just having to continue pretending after that, especially after I was like, I'm showing, you know, the greatest display of faith. Mm-hmm. And then you come out and it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that was awesome. I loved it. Cool. Yeah, your faith continues not to be rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, I've literally done everything. And you're the problem. Yeah. You're the reason why you haven't gotten an answer. Yeah. 
Yeah. I know. And, you know, I, since I've been away from it for so long, I've kind of forgotten about that side of it where you're the problem if you didn't get an answer. But the more I think about it now, it's like, yeah, I definitely, I thought that about myself. I always, as a teenager and as a kid, it was never that it wasn't true. It was that I hadn't worked hard enough to receive an answer. Like Mm -hmm. I always believed that the answer was out there and it was just my own laziness or wickedness that was keeping me from having these spiritual experiences. Yeah. And then when I made myself righteous enough, I just kind of chased them. But it was almost like I was chasing a drug high. Like it was this perpetual need to have like an overwhelming spiritual experience. And I remember working uh, like a summer internship with somebody who is just a bag. Oh yeah. Yeah. And reading the book of Mormon every morning, looking for some spiritual insight that would help me figure out how to work with this person instead of doing the thing I need to needed to do, which was like read an article on working with difficult people or, how to handle things when you have a personality clash or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I was literally doing like everything that would not help the situation to try and help the situation. But, and I remember going to the book of Mormon because that was something that I found helpful. Like when I was a missionary and stuff, if I had a clash with uh, an investigator a clash with a companion or a member of the ward, I'd read the book of Mormon and feel some kind of spiritual high and then have the windows open to me. And then, you know, whatever. And I was doing this, again and it wasn't working and it was like perpetually not working yeah and i was getting more and more angry and frustrated that this thing that had worked for me in the past was no longer working and it was supposed to work mm-hmm. the book of mormon gives you answers to every question of the soul and whatever in your problems and it was like what i really needed was like some coaching on on the right. situation i was dealing with right right well could you imagine because you know how people do the open to a random page and, you know, there will be your answer, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it's because of interpretation. You can interpret things however you want and be like, oh, wow, you know, so inspiring. Uh, could you imagine you open it to a random page and it's uh, Nephi killing Laban? And you're like, well, all right, I guess that's my answer. Yeah. I just, I just got to kill him. You know, it's like, well, I mean, I did the thing, you know. It's yeah, like, I did no, the thing. No, no, you, you did the thing wrong. You did the thing wrong. That wasn't the verse. It was the verse after that you were supposed to read. Yeah. Well, you know, that's something that President Gary brought up the other week about he was talking about Sam Harris and how all religions act in accordance with their own internal logic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that really, like, that was something that stood out to me. And I've just been thinking about that generally is that most people think that they're being rational yeah and nobody is in their own mind truly illogical it's right. just that maybe the the logic of the internal systems they've been taught is flawed right right you know but everybody kind of works within a preset kind of nobody's just doing something randomly mm-hmm. they're doing it because they've got an internal decision making process it's just that process might be flawed or the principles or values around that system might be flawed right yeah yeah i feel like mormonism is pretty easy to break down though oh for sure it is but i just like when but you're growing in it, up, it it makes sense i always was like but it just makes sense of course you'd ostracize gay people like that and of course you'd ostracize your family members who leave the church because there's a lot of internal rhetoric about like not touching unclean things and uh, being wary of the devil and right, you know, right, the yeah. devil's a great deceiver and all these things. So it 
as hurtful as it is and as terrible as it is, when Mormons do those things, they're actually making a rational decision based on the framework they've been given. Right, right. They're making the most rational decision they yeah. can make in accordance with their framework, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, that's the scary thing, right? Yeah, Is, to them uh, it makes sense. John Larson would say this on Mormon Expression, and and President Gary talked about it last week. But there was, like, a, a woman who killed her kids in Utah so that they could go straight to the celestial kingdom. And he shares that story, and he says, tell me the flaw in her logic. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you do that? Do I remember like... my mom, like I had to get pulled out with forceps. And I remember my mom telling me that I got stuck. And it was like, you know, I was just asking her to tell me about the day I was born or whatever. And um, I remember thinking, because I was just learning about how like dead infants go straight to the celestial kingdom. And I was like, mom, why didn't you just let me die so I could go straight to the celestial kingdom and not have to do any of this other stuff? Yeah. And I think it was like a light bulb moment for my mom because she was like, uh, well, like it doesn't, it's not exactly like, son, can you just uh, like, <laughs> Let's damn it. Not, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, I think for my mom, it was like, oh crap, like my son is actually talking in accordance with what he's learning at church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes sense. wishing he died as an infant. Well, I always wondered that. Like I even thought that as a kid, I was like, well, what if I just like don't get my kids baptized? Because then they're right. not responsible. Yeah. That, like I used to think, I used to hate being born as a Mormon because I was like, well, now I have to do this stuff because I've got such greater knowledge. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and I thought about that with Joseph Smith today. Um, yeah. uh, if you were to, if you were to ask somebody uh, their opinion, be like, hey, do pedophiles go to heaven? You yeah. know, it's like, no, right? But, you know, but God is the judge of all, right? Right. And it's like, but I'm pretty sure they wouldn't get celestial status, right? Yeah. And then it's like, hey, so, you know, Joseph Smith was was a pedophile. Like, he, he was. And uh, it's like, okay, so... Uh, you know, does he go to heaven? Oh, well, he wasn't a perfect man. You can't expect him to have been perfect. And it's like, okay, except remember, like, remember, he knew so much. Remember, he said, you know, if you knew as much as I did, you would, if I told you everything that I knew, yeah, like you couldn't handle it. And so he had all of it. You know, (laughs) it's like, well, you know, I'm pretty sure that's outer darkness worthy. (laughs) If he had everything and then he's doing all this garbage. But like I'd say Mormons would look at that within the, the internal logic of the system. Lab, you know, Nephi and Laban, if God commands you to do something, then that's the right thing, even if it's not the right thing. Right. So Joseph Smith was doing as God commanded him. And I know that's true because of a testimony of the Holy Spirit has borne witness in my heart and my mind and yada, blah, blah, blah. And that's right. why they do the thing they do right and right. defend the thing they defend right but it's like that's not admissible in court i had a, <laughs> no, a good feeling not. about it of course not you know <laughs> yeah but the things of the world are different from the things of god right 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 yeah yeah pardon me i'm sorry bishop i'm sorry <laughs> that's okay I, I, I will forgive you my son i i shouldn't challenge so much <laughs> my child <laughs> bless you my child <laughs> <laughs> your sins are forgiven thee oh your sins are forgiven 
I, I really appreciate uh, that. I, I need a lot of repentance and repentance and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Maybe Do you know, there's a lot of <laughs> go like, ahead. there's a general idea in Mormonism about repentance where it's like, just try and get better a little bit each day. And I think that's kind of overall Yeah. a good message, Yeah. but it's when it's like, try and get better a little bit every day, unless it's one of these three things, then you're basically, you know, burning in hell until you talk to a 45 year old plumber. <laughs> yeah. Right. If like, if they talked about all their, their big sins in that way, if they're, you know, a word of wisdom, well, you know what? Yeah. These uh, substances are tough to uh, avoid and whatever, but just try to be a little bit better each day and make sure you're trying to be healthy and yada, yada, and everything should be good. Could you imagine if like confession was just a normal part of everybody's life? Like it didn't matter who you confess to either. Like you're just at You the just, gr grocery store and you're talking yeah. to the the clerk and you're you're like, hey, I've I've really been struggling with uh, with porn lately. Um, I just I just felt like I had to let somebody know. They're like, Right. um, uh huh. Uh, this is Oh, a Wendy's restaurant, yeah. sir. <laughs> it's like, oh well, you know, they say confession's good for the soul, For the soul. so <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like, okay, mm hmm. And then Can could I you, tell you could about you imagine my most if, impure thoughts? <laughs> could, I really got to get some off my chest. Could you, could you imagine though, if, if the person like at the Wendy's drive-thru is, is like, thank you for coming to me with this. My son, Uh, my, my child. my, my son, uh, we, we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. <laughs> Um, you can, <laughs> We're going to have to put you on a 25 step program, Six which months. involves, yeah, you need to simultaneously eat and not eat at the <laughs> uh, restaurant for the next 10 weeks. so funny. So. We need you to not be alone with a girl, but we need you to date. So Good luck. figure it out. And then try <laughs> not awkwardly telling her why you can only go on double dates. Double dates. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Well, this has been fun. We kind of went off of the flying monkeys thing a little bit, but... I think Um, like we're talking about rebuilding. I think there's right. one, the, one of the last lines here that kind of resonated with me. He says, while my faith is in ruins, my duty breathes strong. I'm a parrot in a cage saying prayers to belong. And that was probably my last two or three years in the church. It was my testimony had crumbled, but my sense of duty was Right. so strong that that's why I kept participating as long as I did. Mm hmm Is because even though I didn't believe in anything anymore, it was like I had this sense of duty and I'd still made these commitments. And I it was like, I'm, I'm just the type of person who keeps my commitments. So I will continue to do these things until they make sense. Yeah, you had to do Right. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's that faith. Well, you had Yeah. such faith and now you abandoned it. So I'm really disappointed. But Yeah. you know what? Uh, Lord forgives all. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, well, is that a good place to wrap it up? I want to get a drink of water before we Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm good to record good again. to wrap here. Yeah. Okie dokie. Well, uh, thank you, Bishop, for that lovely presentation. Um, really great slides. I know we don't normally use slides at church, but really great slides. Just Thanks. impressive. Uh, and with that, I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.